We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome inside another edition of a Pack-A-Day podcast, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thank you for making us part of your day. Football is back, and we are so excited to have it back. We are into training camp now. My name is Nick Schmitz. I will be your host for today, and joining me tonight on the podcast, Owen Reese. Uh, Owen, welcome back to the to the podcast, and uh, unfortunately, Jacob uh, Wessendorf, for whatever unbeknownst reason, cannot be with us tonight, but uh, nonetheless, the show must go on. Uh, Owen, it's been a couple of weeks, training camp's going well so far, any any initial thoughts, any takeaways so far from training camp? Um, not too much. I know we kind of talked about this pre-show. We're not going to beat a dead horse here or reinvent the wheel about training camp coverage, but I guess just a few things. Really, one, um, you know, knock on wood, there have been no major injuries. I think any team, uh, you know, that's a good sign for them. You can ask the Washington Redskins, who lost Reuben Foster on the first day of OTAs, uh, projected to be a starting linebacker for them. I know A.J. Green with the Bengals uh, also have some ankle injuries. And, and we've, you know, with skill guys, ankle stuff typically tends to drag on into the year and kind of be a nagging injury. So that sucks for him uh, and the Bengals. Uh, I know they've obviously lost Jonah Williams as well. So, again, no no major injuries. It's always a plus. And then two things, really. One, um, the Packers signed Corey Grant, uh, who I suppose at this point is 
uh, about as relevant of a signing as you can have, uh, considering he's not, he's not a household name by any means, but he is a, an established player. He played with the Jaguars for three or four years and uh, a speed back, uh, graduated from Auburn and runs like a 4-2. Um, I mean, like legitimately very fast and uh, kind of weird because, like I said, he ended up graduating from Auburn or leaving Auburn, but at one point he was a part of that like famed Alabama running back group run where they had like at one point on campus at Alabama they had Derrick Henry, TJ Yeldon, Kenyon Drake, Alvin Kamara, and Corey Grant all on the team at one time at running back, um, and that obviously succeeded Eddie Lacy and Trent Richardson and Mark Ingram and all that. So just an incredible run really for Alabama running backs and the amount of talent they've had there. But uh, I think Grant fits a lot like he's not probably as much of like a pure zone runner as you would like for this scheme, but like linear wise, he's elite as a running back. Like he's has just has different level of speed than, than the typical back. Um, so I know uh, offensive coordinator, Nathan Hackett's kind of said that right now he's still kind of got training wheels on as far as like learning the playbook and, and getting everything down, but said he's excited to see him really kind of let it go and play uh, and could make some plays. So I thought that was an interesting addition to the running back room. Um, and then the other thing too, obviously the, the news of the week, the Packers cutting Mike Daniels last week, uh, Mike Patton, the defensive coordinator came out and had some pretty, uh, high praise for Montrevious Adams, the third year defensive lineman, uh, talked about how when Patton got to green Bay last year, uh, he said he didn't think very much of Montrevious Adams and that Adams knows that, uh, that he wasn't very high on him. He said he's kind of worked his butt off and lost some weight and really become a more dependable and complete defensive lineman. Uh, and Patton said that he's someone that they're going to depend on this year. So obviously with Adams going into his third year, it's a guy that um, the Packers made the Packers feel more comfortable with getting rid of Daniels, knowing that Adams was there as a younger guy um, and, and someone that Patton uh, has some glowing praises for. So I thought that was, those were just a couple things. Like I said, I'm not trying to, you know, we're not trying to say the same things that everyone else has said. Um, but just kind of those are some things that stuck out to me and, and thought pretty notable. Also, I guess as well, uh, to in order to say the same things that everyone else has said, um, Josh Jones is in camp, and uh, apparently they've gotten over the issues they had in OTAs. Um, you know, he's not holding out or he's not waiting for a trade. He's kind of said they're past that. I think he's a huge addition for this defense if he plays up to his potential. So that's where I'll, I'll cut it at. But um, all things seem to be trending in the right direction for the Packers. Obviously, Probably all 32 teams feel that way at this point, uh, but certainly, um, you know, no bad news, at least as far as we've got to report from Packers camp so far. Absolutely. And, you know, we we talk about not trying to regurgitate the whole thing. We're going to keep you up to date as much as possible on training camp as that is. We've been waiting for it forever now, and now that it's here, um, you know, um, Andy Herman and many of our contributors here at the Pack-A-Day podcast, they're at training camp most days, and they're doing a great job of keeping you up to date via Twitter on that. So um, make sure that you're following them, and make sure you, especially, I found this very helpful for me. Um, there's a, there's certain people that are there most days. I have their notifications turned on. Andy is one of them, so every time he tweets about uh, anything with training camp, I get it to my phone immediately. So make sure you're doing that, too. That'll just help you keep up to date uh, a little bit more with training camp. Uh, but, Owen, oh, like you've been alluding to, we're going to kind of change it up today. I got two things that I want to talk about. One's a minor thing, and one is more of a major thing. So uh, it, we talked about this uh, pre-show here, Owen. Um, 
I have never, uh, until today, I had never heard of Lizzo. I, I guess she is a new and upcoming um, pop artist. And uh, I don't, like I said, I don't know much about her. The only thing I know, after doing a little bit of research, she's, like I said, she's new. Uh, she's got this new song out called uh, Truth Hurts. And it's very popular, and she is originally from Minneapolis. And so I've got two versions of this song. I'm not going to play the whole thing, just a little bit of it. Owen, I I want you to listen to both versions and tell me if you notice anything different between the two. Here's the first one. Okay, so that's the first version, Owen. Here's the second version. Did you notice any, any difference between the two versions of the song there? Uh, I just don't, I mean, you know, the radio... Being very conscious for our younger listeners, you don't you know want to censor any of that vulgar language. <laughs> yes. So in that first version, there, the actual version of the song, she mentions the Minnesota Vikings, and and now I will say when I looked into this, I, I like I said I was not aware of it until today, um, and I guess it's it's been out since about beginning of June. Um, but WIXX in Green Bay, they're kind of the uh, pop radio station in Green Bay. They edited out the name Minnesota Vikings from that song. And now what's funny is I played that for you. That's part of the chorus, which means that part is cut out three to four times in the song. Um, so, I mean, so I guess, Owen, quick question for you, because I, I was doing a little bit of research into this. I found a couple of radio stations in the Minnesota area that talked about it. Um, I, for one, I grew up in Minnesota as a Packer fan, um, and I don't have any love for the Vikings. So I think this is funny, uh, but that's also probably because it's a product of where I grew up. Is this... Do you find this funny? Is this childish? I mean, what do you what do you think about WIXX in Green Bay editing that part of the song? I don't know. I think it's fine. It's playful. Um, you know, obviously the the Vikings have kind of gotten the better of the Packers the past few years. Obviously, there was the animosity with the Anthony Barr incident um, and Aaron Rodgers collarbone injury. I, I don't know. It's fine. I think it's 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 like I said. It's playful. I don't think it's anything disparaging or nothing you know in poor taste i think it's like i said it's if it's if they do that in iowa okay you know but like it's in green bay the packers and vikings is a fairly well-known rivalry i don't think that's anything out of bounds there they're still playing her song it's fine yeah i i thought it was kind of funny and the the way i looked at it was if she had mentioned, you know, the Packers or something and it was playing in Minneapolis, I'm sure there would be a Minneapolis station that would have done the same thing. So I thought it was kind of funny. I know, like I said, some of you maybe are way more up to date on some of this stuff than Owen and I are. Um, so our apologies if you already knew about this and it's old and, and whatnot. But when I when I found out about it, I thought it was funny. I thought we could talk about it quick. I always love taking 
uh, a jab at the Vikings if I can. Um, so that was just kind of fun. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, Owen, and this came out, I believe it was either over the weekend or on Monday, um, Bucky Brooks, he's a writer for NFL.com, and he wrote an article, um, I guess it was Former posted. Former Packer, Bucky Brooks. I'm sorry? Former Green Bay Packer, Bucky Brooks. Yeah, so, you know, uh, and I'm looking at it here, I'm looking at his article here, it was published on July 26th, so last Friday, I guess, so just over the weekend, uh, and it's titled, Aaron Rodgers is Overrated, Why He's Not a Top 5 Quarterback, and it's a long article, and, you know, this is now the second article we've had in, what, the last three, four months about Aaron Rodgers, this one a little different, the first one that came out, you know, from The Athletic a couple of months ago, um, about his leadership and the division between him and McCarthy. That's one thing. This is this is different talking about why he's overrated, why he's not a top-five quarterback. And the article is long, and you can find it on uh, NFL.com. You can just – I found it by Googling Bucky Brooks. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is overrated, and it comes up right away. You can read it. It's a long article. Um, and he basically points out why he's not a top-five quarterback and where, where he's coming up with this is there were – 55 uh, NFL front office people that were asked to rank quarterbacks in the NFL by tiers, and all of them had Aaron Rodgers at number one. And he disagrees with it, and I'll I'll give you Bucky Brooks' top five here real quick. He cites it in the article. So Patrick Mahomes is one, Phillip Rivers is two, Drew Brees is three, Tom Brady is four, Russell Wilson is five. Now, I would say four of those five are probably fine. I don't have an issue with it. Obviously, I would put Aaron Rodgers in the top five there. But, um, you know, he goes through and he's talking about the last couple of seasons, how his numbers have dipped. He's only a 500 quarterback. He's 24-24-1 as a starter um, in the last couple of years here. So, you know, we, we have known that Rodgers has struggled in the last two years, but Two years ago, he broke his collarbone, missed half the season. And then last year, he played on basically a broken leg for, you know, the entire season. And so injuries have something to do with it. And and the, like I said, the, it, it's, it's a very good read. Go read the article as far as all the arguments he lays out. I think there's – I think he makes some legitimate points, and I think some of them are overstated. Um, but, I mean, Owen, when we talk about Aaron Rodgers – this is the one argument that I have always talked about, and, and this is not to start a debate, but I believe the greatest quarterback to ever play the game is Tom Brady. He's won six Super Bowls. He's gone to nine. He's, it, it's far beyond what any other quarterback has ever done. But when, when I have this conversation with people, I always say that Aaron Rodgers is the most gifted, the most talented. He can do things that just no other quarterback can do, and that is precisely the reason why these 55 front office people in the NFL ranked him as the number one quarterback in the league. So, Owen, when you hear somebody write that Aaron Rodgers is overrated, like what's the first thing that comes to your mind? And, I mean... like how do you how do you start to look at something like this when clearly Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer and clearly he's one of the most talented quarterbacks to ever play the game? Can you put Aaron Rodgers and overrated in the same sentence unless the word "not" is somewhere in there? Um, I don't know. I mean, like from what I was able to skim of the article and I was at work, I understand what what Bucky's trying to get at. And to be honest, like 
this might be a bit of a heel turn for me, but I actually kind of agree with him. Um, I don't think, like, Aaron Rodgers is overrated from a talent perspective. Like, I don't think anyone's ever going to claim that or, or question that. I think he and Patrick Mahomes are, like, the two clear-cut most talented and with, like, maybe Russell Wilson, um, you know, right behind them as far as where these guys are able to do from a mobility standpoint paired with their their arm talent. So, um, like, I think those three are pretty much in a class of their own, at least as far as, as right now. But, like... <clears throat> It makes sense, and I, like I said, I'm not going to argue too much against it because you're basically looking at, um, you know, Bucky's basically spelling out the top five quarterbacks in football right now. Um, you know, what have they done? What's going on? Because, like, like th- in theory, Aaron Rodgers is, like, top two, right? I mean, like, he's very from, – from a physical talent standpoint, what he's able to do, what he's done in the past, I think it's probably either he or Brady or, like, maybe Drew Brees for the top three – but I think from where he's getting at and, like, what the actual gist of the article's at, I think he's probably right. Like, Aaron Rodgers hasn't played, like, the best quarterback in the league the past three, two years or two and a half years or whatever it was. And honestly, he probably isn't in the top five. Uh, I think whatever your theory is about he and McCarthy or whatever else, I, I'm not really interested. But the, I think probably the overwhelming sentiment is that he hasn't played as well as he could have. And I think that's more so what Brooks is getting at here. I don't think he's saying that Rodgers is bad or, like, that that the NFL guy, the, the executives are incorrect or wrong in their opinions. But, like, I think probably what people will get kind of caught up in here is, like, I don't I, – I, like I said, I agree with him. I don't think he's been a top-five quarterback in the NFL the past two to three years. But I think if you were like, okay, uh, your season's on the line. You've got one game. You know, this is the, this is the Super Bowl. Uh, what quarterback do you want quarterbacking your team? You know, I'm going to pick Aaron Rodgers. I don't think um, there's and there's there's five to six probably not wrong answers there. But just to me, I think in that category, he's certainly the top five. Like I said, I would pick Rodgers. If you needed to win one game, um, you know, I, and probably until two years ago when Mahomes kind of got got hot and started playing how he has, I think to, to ask the question, if you were to start a franchise with one quarterback, who would it be? I think that was probably Rodgers. I think maybe Mahomes may have taken that mantle now. But, um, you know, like I said, to, kind of to that point, I, I'm i not, like, I don't think he's wrong from the fact that Rodgers has probably underperformed or underachieved the past couple of years. I don't think that makes him, like, overrated. I just think that those, like, his logic isn't, cross, isn't like, running parallel with what, like, the executive's decision-making criteria was. Because yeah. he's like, yeah, well, like, look at the win loss and look at, you know, he's he hasn't been the same player and he hasn't elevated the performance of his team, like, which is probably right. But at the same point, like, I, I would argue with you pretty vehemently that you're like, so you're saying that Philip Rivers is better than Aaron Rodgers? Like, no, he's not. But like, Philip Rivers has played much better, and I think that like also has to be acknowledged that Philip Rivers has had a lot more talent around him at least the past couple of years, which again isn't his fault. It's no, there's no reason to knock him, but like Philip Rivers isn't better than Aaron Rodgers, but he has played better the past two years. And I think that's where like the, the difference in this, this philosophy versus like, it's basically like merit versus um, theory maybe. And like, that's where this is at. Cause like Aaron Rodgers is, is a top two, you know, in talent or in, in theory, but in merit the past two years, he hasn't been. So I think that's kind of where that intersection is with this article and, and what his 
disagreement was with those executives. Yeah, and you know, I, and I think I think you make a lot of great points there. As far as yeah, he hasn't played up to his level. Some of it's injuries. Some of it is talent. Uh, there's a lot of different things that you know. Uh, that that contribute to it, and you know when you look at it, I mean, a lot of quarterbacks go through, you know, down periods, and you know, even even when you look at it, like Tom Brady, the last couple of years, you know, he hasn't played as well because he's getting older. There's many different factors that go into it. That doesn't mean we don't think he's a great quarterback. Um, but I just, I, I thought a lot of the points were, you know, I thought, I thought it was a very good read. I thought that there was a lot of fair points made in there. And like I said, I encourage you all to go read it if you haven't read it yet. Um, and you know, it, I just, it, it's, it's hard for me to say from the standpoint of talent. And like you said, like if you, if you want to go out and win a game, like Aaron Rodgers is going to be one of your top picks, if not your top pick, to just go win one game. So um, it, it, I thought it was just very interesting, you know, more Aaron Rodgers news coming, you know, out. And, you know, a lot of people look at the at these articles as shots at Aaron and criticisms of Aaron. Um, and, you know, some of it I would just say is, you know, look, I mean – some of it is just realities. He's getting older. He hasn't played as well as what we're used to. That doesn't mean that he's bad. It doesn't mean that he's overrated. Uh, but definitely something worthy of discussion. And sticking on Aaron Rodgers um, in training camp so far, uh, I do want to get a, a quick take on the wide receiver room as it is a position of uh, interest uh, coming into this year. And, uh, Owen, where do where do you see – Obviously, we're going to take Devontae Adams out of it because we know he's making the team. Where do you see? And, and I know again, again, I hate doing this, but it's it's part of it's part of it is we're projecting here. So when when talking about the receiver room, how do you see it sitting as of right now? I know we haven't had any games; we've had just a couple of days of practice. Um, but I know there's been a lot of talk about it. Uh, as far as the receivers are concerned, is anyone standing out to you? And do you have kind of like a a, a list, for lack of a better word, of where you'd rank them right now? Um, Yeah, like, let me, just to clarify quickly, too, before I jump into that from the Rodgers thing, like like you said, he hasn't been playing quite as well, and, and, you know, quarterbacks have those down things. Like, it's also, I think, important to note, too, that his peaks are so insanely white-hot annoying that, like, it shouldn't be, I think as Packer fans, you take it for granted and you expect him to just be like that way all the time. Like that's not normal. Like for quarterbacks to play like that, you know, like that's not his, when he went like the, like the run the table thing, you know, when he did that, like he played so well through that stretch. Like you can't expect him to like extrapolate that over 16 games every year. Like otherwise the Packers would win the Super Bowl every year. Like it's just not a, um, it's not a realistic thing to ask. Like, I don't expect Rodgers to throw like 45 touchdowns and three picks every year. You know, like it's just not, that's not realistic and it's not whatever. So I think like that was an important piece of context to do that too, where to keep in mind, like his, his down years, quote unquote, these past couple of years are still like good. They're just not, um, what you've probably come to expect from Rodgers as being like this Superman elite, elite, elite quarterback talent. Um, and I think that that's like a big part of like his perception as far as like his drop off. But, um, yeah, I mean, as far as the wide receivers go, it's obviously kind of, you know, we've talked about it on here before. I think like probably the most appropriate way to do it would like be to make tiers. 
so obviously Devontae Adams by himself, like he's very good. He's, um, I believe I saw a stat, like he has the most receiving touchdowns over the past three years of anyone in the NFL, I believe. He's got 36 maybe, um, which was like one better than Antonio Brown, which is a pretty good standard to go off of for wide receiver play. Um, also saw Antonio Brown listed as like a potential bounce back candidate uh, by someone the other day. And I guess if you can bounce back from like 1600 yards and 15 touchdowns, I guess you can do that. But um, so anyways, uh, so I mean like that second tier is like Marquez Valdez Scantling and EQ St. Brown and Geronimo Allison. I think that guys that you're kind of really curious to see what their role will be, but I think they're a bit more established and you know what you have in them. Um, they've, they've displayed it over a full season per se, even though, um, you know, EQ and, and Valdez Scantling were, were rookies last year. I think you've probably got an idea of where you're at there. I think those three are there. Um, Valdez Scantling, the speed linear guy, uh, EQ, I think probably a bit more of like a large slot or a, a big dude that can kind of use his catch radius over the middle as like running crossers and stuff. Uh, and then Allison just kind of getting the most out of his physical ability and really being that possession receiver that is really dependable. He's really good on, like, scramble drills and stuff. Um, and then that next tier is kind of like unknowns or, like, hopefuls, I think. And that's, uh, you know, Jamon Moore. Obviously, he was a fourth-round pick who didn't really do much last year of anything. Um, and I think that's where probably, like, Trevor Davis and Jake Kumaro are at, too. And I think that's, like, your big deal because that's your top seven dudes. And I think that's where the, the quarrel is there because I think they'll probably keep six. Um, you know, but I think I think Jake Kumaro is probably the quote-unquote best wide receiver of those three. Um, I think he's probably, like, the least physically talented of those three. But it, it'll be really interesting to see because he's got, like, everything that Jamon Moore doesn't um, as far as, like, a, a route-running polish and, like, an all-around game as a wide receiver and more dependable hands and, and stuff like that. Um, and then Davis is, is a guy that has had fairly limited opportunities as an actual true wide receiver, uh, but, but has been good in the return game and is also a very good special teamer, like on coverage teams. And then you've got more, like I said, who's just this, like still this ball of clay. That's very raw coming out of Missouri that, um, you know, like I said, didn't see a ton of time last year, got some at the end of the year, had a fumble on a kickoff return against the jets. Um, you know, maybe that that's jaded my opinion of him a bit. Um, you know, but just not a ton of opportunities for him as well. I think that's like, I think if you're the Packers, like your absolute best case scenario is that he's able to like show improvement, but necessarily not do it in games. So then you're able to stash him on the practice squad again. And like, then you can keep Kumro and like keep all the called fans happy, but also like be able to kind of keep Jamon Moore and hopefully he doesn't get poached by another team. But at that point he's your seventh wide receiver. So I don't know how upset you really are about it anyways. Um, and then like, obviously the, the fourth tier then would be like everyone else, you know, there's, um, Oh, I can't think of his name. Shepard, the slot kid from North Dakota state. I want to say Russell Shepard, but that's not right. Um, and then, uh, like Jawill Davis and, uh, kind of, you know, like that, the lower, you know, Alan Lazard, who I'm still kind of surprised that they haven't, um, moved to tight end yet. And, um, just some of those guys, like, those are the guys that really need like the reps. I think like the top four guys are pretty fine. Like Valdez Scantling and St. Brown need reps because they've only played one year. But I think those four, those two, especially in the top four are very like established. And those are the guys that the Packers feel very well about. I think it's those lesser guys, those underneath guys 
that truly are going to benefit from these reps the most. And you got to think probably in the first, probably like half the second and the fourth game, they're going to get most of the reps. Uh, now that the, the, the NFL went away from the cutting like incrementally, now it's all just done like from 90 to 53 in like two days. Um, so I think that's kind of where you're at. I think if anyone has potential to stick or like, not to sound like uh, medieval times here, but to like jump classes or to like um, kind of bust through that stratification. I think it's probably someone like um, Jawel Davis or like the Shepherd if they have like in a chance in the return game, um, or if Jamon Moore comes out like a house of fire and he like can run routes like we saw him do in his limited capacity. He like at Missouri he only ran like slants, posts, and goes and comebacks, but he was good at those. Um, and I think like the talent is pretty undeniable that's why the Packers took him in the fourth round it's just about him putting it together I think if he has a really good camp or if Kumaro has a really good camp I think that either of those two could like jump up into that second tier and make themselves a hell of a lot more tough to cut or to like keep on a practice squad um but yeah I don't know I mean that's probably like my guess I think like I said that third tier is really where the roster is going to be made because I think they'll keep six so whether it's you're either going to keep Jamon Moore because he's one of the six best wide receivers with he and Kumaro, or you're going to keep Davis because you need a return guy. So um, that, I think that's kind of where that's at. I'm also really curious to see what Rogers chemistry is like with these newer receivers in this new scheme. Now, obviously like they're not running, like they don't invent new routes for this offense or anything like that, but just kind of how the offense is put together and how the philosophy runs together. I think that'll be interesting to see. And I think that, um, you know, maybe in years past, you've seen Rogers have to improv more uh, because he was, I don't know, maybe, I'm assuming speculating here, but I guess, you know, if you figure he was frustrated or was, um, you know, maybe growing tired of like a, a quote unquote stagnant offense, I think now you probably have that opportunity with him and like this fresh new, uh, new offensive scheme and this new philosophy. And, you know, you've got these kind of exciting pieces really. I mean, like they weren't considered exciting when they were fourth, fifth and seventh round picks. I mean, but out of those three guys that were rookies last year, I think you've got some talent there and, and Devante and, Geronimo around them. I think they're plenty capable. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they gel with Rodgers and how they are utilized in this new scheme. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that like it's a it's like uh, it's a super intriguing position group because you've got some known but a lot not, and even some of the stuff you do know, you really don't because we haven't seen them utilized in this new scheme yet. So, to me, I think wide receiver is one of the more interesting positions on the team. Um, and, and yeah, we'll see how, uh, we'll see if Rogers bumps back up into that top five of the quarterbacks with his performance. Cause I think that's really where like Brooks was coming from there. Absolutely. Well, these are definitely all storylines to keep an eye on through the preseason, and we will keep you up to date on all of those. Um, one aside that I did see uh, recently is that, uh, and I'm sure it probably comes as little to no surprise to anyone, um, but it sounds like the first preseason game, not this week, but next week, it does not sound like Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing in that game at all. Hard to say one way or the other whether or not he should be. That's a whole long conversation for a different day. But uh, just a little bit of news there. It does not sound like he will be playing in that game. Doesn't mean that he won't, but as of right now, it does not sound like he'll be participating in the first preseason game against the Texans about uh, eight days from now. So, 
All right. Well, with that, we are out of time for the day here, guys. Uh, Owen, if people want to follow you and interact with you, how can they do that? You can follow me on Twitter at Reese Draft. It's R-I-E-S-E, Draft. Um, you know, obviously with the season coming up, things are starting to uh, – getting closer to fall camp. The Badgers just released their roster this week, um, or roster for camp today. And with that coming, and the Packers obviously coming soon. Hall of Fame game on Thursday night. We're getting closer and closer to actual football um, even though people will complain and say that it's the fake football and that it's a bunch of undrafted guys that no one cares about. They ask for football for six months, and then they're not happy when it gets here. So, um, yeah, just excited for football to be back and, and kind of hear some pads popping and stuff. So it should be a good time. Absolutely. So, uh, well, Owen, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Jacob, hopefully you will be with us in two weeks uh, right before I get married so you guys can have some commentary on that if you want. Um, but uh, thanks so much for listening, everyone. And as always, go Pack Go! class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.